So a trend that we're seeing that is really rough is people are talking to you and me once they've received their divorce papers. And that's just been a, a terrible thing. It's like, you know, they're at work. They're- you may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Hartman. Hey guys, welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. And uh, many of you who have been listening to this know that I'm an attorney and part of my practice has been family law, which is that euphemism for doing divorce cases. And uh, it, it's interesting because Brian and I have been involved with taking uh, a marriage mediation program. You know, we we are certified marriage mediators, so we're helping people to try to stay together. Um, we've always kind of joked about, but this is true. I've always loved the divorce cases that I've been working on. And then I get the call from the client that says, you know what, Jen, you've done a great job, but my spouse and I are reconciling. So you're fired. And I'm like, hooray. It's like, you know, we're done with this case. Wrap it up with the court system. It warms my heart. That's something we're, I mean, we're always praying for too. I mean, you don't oh, yeah. do that as much as you used to early in your um, in your practice. But yeah, that we've we've always been praying for those couples. It's just never divorce is never a good thing you know we should never get to that place and i I don't we've talked many times and if if you're being abused if there's something abuse um affairs addictions things like that do not keep yourself in harm's way there are there are times when you've got to protect yourself and protect your children but even that doesn't make divorce a good thing it may make something like that necessary for your physical emotional safety and we acknowledge that but divorce is and, never and therapists yes. ab- absolutely that's uh, abuse um addiction adultery therapists need to come in to to help that situation individual therapists couples therapists you got that well one of the things that there's this really disturbing trend at least that we're experiencing and uh i don't know if other coaches and counselors are experiencing this but it's the person calls us after they receive the divorce papers. Yeah. And it's all of a sudden, oh my gosh, my marriage is ending. Hey, can you can we get my spouse in here? Can we start coaching? And yes, we do that and we want to help save these marriages. And even um in your practice, you've I mean, because Michigan's a no-fault divorce, a lot of times you've had clients walk in and they've gotten those papers. Oh yeah. And it's just such a devastating thing. And we've seen horrible ways where those have been served. I think people are embarrassed to get served at work, but I've even heard of people getting served divorce papers because you've got somebody that walks up on their porch with a a big bouquet of flowers or a, a big fistful of balloons and you've been served, and how horrible. That's something, I mean, that looks like something out of a television show, but it happens. It's just so devastating because the unfortunate reality is God is a God of redemption. God is a God of second, third chances for sure, and God can heal anything. Anything Um, in in any time. And I, I like to say that, you know, even if you think your marriage is dead, Just like with Lazarus, God can call you and your spouse by name and have you come out of that and restore your marriage to life. But the unfortunate reality is if the papers have already been served, if one spouse is already one foot out of the marriage, 
it's a lot more difficult. It takes two in the marriage to to make it work. And yeah. marriage works when you work it. And yeah. if they're not working it anymore, uh, and that's evidenced by those divorce papers being served, it's like, what can you do at that point? Yeah, it's difficult. And these things never happen at that one point in time. It's not like someone wakes up, rolls out of bed in the morning, and is like, I want a divorce. Mm-hmm. These are things that build up over time. And it's usually something that has been building for years that never went addressed. And that's one of the things that we've seen. And we wrote the book, Operation Thriving Marriage, with the target audience of those of you who have been married, that three to seven year, three to 10 year period, because we want you to address these things early so you're not calling us or messaging us through the website to get coaching or you're not having to find an attorney because you just got served divorce papers and you were surprised by it because these things build up over time. One of the things that like the straw that broke the camel's back. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, A couple of things that I've seen recently, I was talking to, to a guy and he was sharing with, with me that they, he and his wife weren't as close as they used to be, that there were these little things that were just kind of bothering him, but that would get better when the kids were gone. And really the, the That's problem, hilarious. Yeah. just as far as we're concerned. And again, all kinds of compassion and love towards him and his wife, but you know, it, it, it's, it's this smaller thing now, but this is just going to fester and grow and grow. And how long do you want to let that go? Yeah. And for him, the kids were both the problem and the solution. How so? Well, they were based, I mean, it was one of those, when you peel back the end, it's kind of like what we're saying together for the kids because the kids need a stable home, but the kids are also creating the strife, but everything's going to be okay because when the kids are gone, we'll go back to the way it was before we had kids. Uh Uh-uh. And that's just, that's not real life, friends. Mm -hmm. It, It doesn't work that way. And then also there's those little things that are just kind of annoying right now. They leave the, they don't take the trash out right away. They let dishes build up in the sink, whatever. There's these little things that just a little annoying now, but you're like, you know what? I love them. Our marriage is special and vibrant, and we're not going to be like those couples that do this or that. And I'm not going to be that spouse that nags about these unimportant minor nuisances. And it depends on what they are and how how bad they are as well, because sometimes it's my spouse hasn't taken out the trash. I can just go ahead and do that. Or if the dishes haven't gotten done, you know, I can just kind of jump in and do that and take care of that. But if it is an issue that's really bothersome, even if it's one of those issues, it's got to be talked about right away. Well, those little issues, that little kind of annoying thing today 10 years from now is an irreconcilable difference that Mm. is causing a very nasty divorce. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's those little things. Yeah. We we've talked in the past about when couples are engaged, it's the cutesy. Oh, he always, and she never. And then they're screaming at each other down the road or screaming at their therapist or their friends. He always does that. Ah! She always does that. So uh, you know, we want to we want to stop that from happening. We want to be realistic, and we want to catch those little foxes that is t- that's talked about in scripture. Yeah, in Song of Solomon two fifteen, 
says, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, for our vineyard is in bloom. And your vineyard, if you're married, your vineyard is in bloom. The flowers are coming up, and I don't know much about vineyards and wineries, so if you have a winery and want to share more about how grapes grow and stuff, let us know. I'd love to hear from you because I love learning about everything. Put in the comments section. Let's do this. Put in the comments. You can message us, a voice message at operationthrivingmarriage.com. I'd love to hear from you about vineyards. But anyway, our vineyard is bloom. Flowers come before fruit. You know, your flower is already there, but these little annoyances are the things that are going to dig up the roots of your plant and they're going to kill your vineyard. Your marriage is going to suffer and it, and it can really gut it. Yes, it can gut it if you don't deal with it. And with the foxes in that type of literature, you know, that was the, the pests that do wreck that garden. If we were talking about Egypt, it would be the crocodiles uh, that are wrecking things. It, we were on a walk, I think, the other day, and we did see a baby fox, and it was and super so cute. cute. Oh, my goodness. And that's the problem. Oh, that's small. It's, it's kind of cute. It's a little mm-hmm. annoying. It's, oh, look at that. It's eating the root, but it can't eat much. It's a little fox. It's going to be okay. Guess what little foxes do? They They grow. They get bigger. Mm -hmm. So you got to catch these things. And scripture tells us this right there. We need to do that. So the first thing to keep that little annoying thing from becoming an irreconcilable difference so that you can have that thriving marriage and not merely survive is you've got to address things early, Mm -hmm. even if it seems like, oh my gosh, this shouldn't bother me. If it bothers you, be honest. That's part of being naked and unashamed in your relationships. Like, okay, I get it. Even in my own head, even when I'm saying this out loud, it sounds a little weird, but I want to share with you what's going on because I I love you too much to harbor this little thing in my heart. And the other thing too, I think is what we talk about in the book and we keep coming back to this, but it's those on expectations. They're unshared, they're unvoiced, they're unreasonable sometimes. So, you know, how, how are we able to navigate those in that loving kind of way and address those things in a loving way so that we can move not towards conflict where we're facing each other, yelling at each other, but going shoulder to shoulder and pointing at what the problem is and using our best efforts, not just on our own, but bringing our spouse into that to to fix any kinds of issues. Yeah. And I love what you said there about that side by side, looking at it together. It's never helpful when addressing these little foxes to be accusatory. It's Mm -hmm. never helpful to get upset about this and, well, you need to fix yourself. I mean, that's something that language we use, we used to use it a lot more in the military, but we're, we're a little nicer to our young airmen now. But we used to say, go fix yourself, or used to use other colorful language to describe that. That's not the way you approach your spouse. You don't approach your spouse the way a training instructor or a drill sergeant approaches a trainee or a recruit. Phew. You, would, that would go over like a lead balloon. It would, but it would it would be interesting. It would it would be bad, but it would be interesting. It'd be but, an interesting afternoon and following days for who, whoever's listening to this and tried to try it, but don't try it. I had a, a friend when I was, um, he was in my first sergeant academy. I think I told you about him. Um, he was a prior military training instructor. We call him TIs in the Air Force. So he's a prior TI and his wife wouldn't let him come in the house with the hat. So for those of you, if you're not familiar, you've seen it on every commercial and stuff, the Smokey the Bear hat that the TIs wear, you know, it's their distinctive symbol. 
say, hey, this is a training instructor. When they put that on, they're the only people that are allowed to wear a hat indoors. I mean, that hat, it's it's one of the most intimidating things you ever experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and they kind of, it, it, you put on that armor, you put on that uniform and that hat was similar. And he, his wife, that was one of the little foxes that she addressed, like, put, leave that hat in your car. Mm-hmm. You do Smart not bring lady. that here. You are not a TI in this house. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things. She was kinder about that and wasn't as directive. But you have to address these things. Address them early, but address them lovingly. Yes. It has to be one of these things. I like to describe it as you're holding this this thing. You're holding the, your heart in your hands mm-hmm. and you're handing it to your spouse gently. Say, hey, this is special. This is something that's important. And I want you to help me carry it. Maybe if you're a parent, think about how gently you passed your newborn child between each other. This is special and important, and I need you to carry this for me. Help me carry this. Or something that's um, very fragile. Mm-hmm. Address these things lovingly and carefully to each other. Elaborating on that baby illustration, it's like this is something that is important and delicate, and it's important to both of us. It's, a, it's also important to listen and listen carefully, not just to the words that your spouse is saying, but the message that, that your spouse is trying to convey. That's so important, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, people will say, they'll point out, why is this here? Or they'll point out something and you got to listen to what does that mean when they say it? Yes. And I, I've talked to a, a, a wife and she was having some issues with her husband because she had had some special ed training um, before their son was born and the way her son was, ma- their son was manifesting at about three and a half, um, was manifesting some signs of autism. And her husband was very set against uh, having the son tested. And in my conversation with her, it just really sounded like he was very afraid of getting that diagnosis for his son and didn't want to deal with that. So it wasn't when she was listening to him talk about things she was able to kind of seed and weed through some of that to see what was really going on with him. So we talked just a minute ago about addressing things early and addressing things lovingly. I mean, I tell people don't drop hints because most of us aren't smart enough to pick them up. We might trip over them and hurt ourselves. Exactly. Also, it's your responsibility. Sometimes your spouse, they can't even yet put into words that thing that's bothering them. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to love them and catch these little foxes, it's not that your spouse is dropping hints and expecting you to pick them up. It's that they're not able to put into those words yet. So that's what we're talking about here with listening to the whole message. That, that w- the words being said mean more than the words. Look at the face. Look at the body language. Listen to the tone. What is not just what are the words that your spouse is saying to you, but what are they communicating to you? That's right. And in that listening to be changed, we know that the Bible talks about, and I think James really puts it in a great way where it's like, you don't want to just look in the mirror and walk away because you know what you look like, you know what changes you can make, but you just kind of move it along anyway. So let's make sure that we're listening when we're praying and when we're engaged in Bible study ourselves or with a group that we're looking to be changed by God, but also listen to your spouse to be changed by your spouse and to have a deeper understanding of your spouse and a deeper understanding 
of how you can take actions and then do take actions together to move the marriage forward in a positive direction by making some adjustments. This is probably the one thing that if this is the only thing you get from this podcast is this idea of listening to be changed, you know, because that's going to take your marriage from surviving to thriving very quickly. That's like the turbo booster on this, because what you're doing then is you're so honoring your spouse that you're hearing what they're saying that's relevant now in this moment. But also, um, as we talk about what's the purpose of marriage, part mm -hmm. of this purpose of marriage is it's that crucible forming your character to be that holy priest to do the good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. Yes. And when you are listening to be changed, your marriage is going to thrive because you are going to thrive to be all that God created you to be. And that's going to be amazing for you as a couple, for your family. That's where marriage becomes something just exponentially better than anything you've ever experienced before. And sometimes with this, you and your your husband, you and your wife need more help yes. than just handling yes. it between yourselves. And you know, Brian and I will always go back to if in within the marriage one of the spouses or both of the spouses are dealing with uh, addiction, an affair that's adultery, um abuse. with, a, with yeah. some sort of abuse in there that that needs to be addressed. And that can be couples counseling, that can be uh, individual counseling, depending on what's going on with it. But make sure you get that help early if you need it. Don't keep putting that off. Yeah. If, if you're coming across something and it's just creating more and more strife, we had a couple that did a coaching call with us and they only did one uh, because really all they needed, but just like, hey, we, we've been married not very long. There have been a lot of changes. We got married. We moved to a different state, new jobs, all this stuff. And the pandemic, that. And, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to, hey, how are we doing? And we were able to walk them through a few things as they, they shared some, some minor concerns that they were dealing with. Those are the coaching calls we love because mm -hmm. it's, that's the little fox. You catch that little fox early, then it's not going to become a big problem. So there is no shame in talking to a pastor, to a counselor, to a coach to strengthen your marriage because when we need help in every other area of life, we get it. Yes. And your marriage is the same way. It's not, it's an unreasonable expectation to think that I'll never have, we'll never have to get help in our marriage. We're never going to need someone to guide us through. It's just, we're still dealing with our selfishness and our sin and dealing with this fallen world. And it's okay to bring someone in to continue the metaphor of the foxes just because I like metaphors is sometimes you need an exterminator. If we get a bat in the house and I can't catch it with a net, then I need to get an exterminator. And the bat's still a little bat, but if I can't get it, I need a professional to come in and grab that bat. And sometimes you you just need an exterminator to get that little fox. Again, animal rights folks, we're 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 well with you. We're just extending this as a metaphor for for marriage and what whatnot. Don't wait until you're getting served with divorce papers. Start trying to fix your problems in your marriage. Truth, because sometimes for the other spouse, it's it's way too late for that. It doesn't have to be, 
but a, a lot of times it's going to be. So listen to your spouse, share with your spouse, catch those little foxes, get help early if you need it, and take your marriage from merely surviving to thriving. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to OperationThrivingMarriage.com. That's OperationThrivingMarriage.com.